This week, Oak Tree takes significant position in U.S. renal term loan. Bebeth and Beyond eyes $375 million Philo loan to boost liquidity. Revlon Dip approved. Voyager Digital Judge sets asset sale timeline. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring the latest developments in high-yield distressed debt and bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. We'll be taking a brief break from our deep dive segment this week. We'll be back soon with more premium content. Reorg's always looking for feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. Please take a moment to complete the short survey linked in our weekly podcast email and let us know how we're doing. It's Friday, August 5th. Oak Street Capital has been buying U.S. Renal Care's L plus 500 BIPs term loan due 2026 has accumulated a significant position, prompting market participants to evaluate the possibility of certain lenders proposing and executing a transaction that involves funding new money to extend the company's runway while rolling up their debt holdings that would prime other lenders, known in recent years as creditor-on-creditor violence. The company's loans and 10.625% unsecured notes due 2027 have dropped in recent months following continuous earnings deterioration due to labor inflation and a slow recovery from low volumes. The term loan was quoted today at 72 compared with 90 at the midpoint three months ago, according to a trading desk. The unsecured notes last traded in size at 46 on Friday, July 29th, compared with 73 on May 25th, according to Trace. The Supreme Court ruled in June that a health plan's low reimbursement rate for dialysis services does not violate Medicare, dealing a blow to Pierre DeVita, which also bodes ill for U.S. renal care. Bed Bath & Beyond is seeking to boost liquidity with a potential $375 million file loan, with bankers J.P. Morgan running the process. Under the existing ABL facility, where J.P. Morgan is the administrative agent, the company can increase the commitments by $375 million, and if such commitment increases in the form of file loans, such debt would be junior in right of payment to the ABL obligations, according to America's Covenants by Reorg. The company finished the fiscal first quarter of 2022 with $107.5 million of cash and cash equivalents and about $700 million of availability under the ABL revolver. Subsequent to the end of the quarter, the company borrowed an additional $200 million under the ABL revolver for working capital purposes, including inventory purchases and other general corporate purposes. If ABL availability were to decrease below the $95 million to $100 million threshold, then a 1x springing fixed charge covenant ratio would be triggered, which the company would not have been able to satisfy given LTM EBITDA of negative $128 million. The company burned $488 million of cash during the fiscal first quarter, and because of continued margin pressures caused by supply chain issues and working capital uses, particularly inventory, Bed & Beyond could continue to burn cash in the near term. Quarterly adjusted EBITDA swung negative from a year earlier, and its comps were negative 23%. It also expects comparable sales to be in the negative 20s in its fiscal second quarter. On Monday, Judge David S. Jones approved Revlon's dip financing on a final basis, overruling an objection from the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors, which was joined by Unsecured Notes trustee, U.S. Bank. Judge Jones approved the financing as a reasonable exercise of Revlon's business judgment after a two-day evidentiary hearing last week. The court approved the dip subject to certain modifications consistent with concessions offered by the dip lenders during last week's hearing, namely an increase of the UCC's investigation budget to $350,000, along with the clarification that any of the UCC's investigatory expenses exceeding the budget may be pursued as administrative expense claims, as well as an extension of the challenge period to 90 days from 75 days. With those changes, the court was satisfied that the terms of the dip financing do not unreasonably impede the UCC's investigation or unfairly cede control of the cases to the brand code dip lenders. Judge Jones also rejected the UCC's objection to the granting of dip liens and proceeds of avoidance actions. He said there's no serious legal basis for arguing that avoidance action proceeds are legally required to be preserved for unsecured creditors or cannot be pledged for the benefit of dip lenders, highlighting the absence of substantial unencumbered assets in the case. 
In addition, the court declined to adopt the UCC's view that if the dip liens are granted on the voting section proceeds, a dip lender should be forced to recover from their proceeds as a last look. The court also overruled the UCC's opposition to dip milestones, which initially would have required the debtors to file a restructuring support agreement by November 1st and a Chapter 11 plan by November 30th. Counsel for the debtors and dip lenders said they were agreeable to an extension of the milestones, setting a November 15th milestone to file an RSA and a December 14th milestone to file a plan. At Thursday's second-day hearing in the Voyager Digital Chapter 11 cases, Judge Michael Wiles largely approved the debtor's motion to establish bidding procedures for the sale component of their proposed dual path forward in the Chapter 11 cases with certain modifications. The judge declined to set the plan confirmation schedule as proposed by the debtors, directed slight modifications to the sale timeline, and denied the debtor's request for pre-approval of bid protections for any eventual stocking horse bidder. The court also approved Voyager's customer withdrawals motion, which sought authority to honor withdrawals for the benefit of, or FBO, accounts that the debtors say belong to customers, resume staking cryptocurrencies on behalf of customers, and sweep cryptocurrency from negative cash balance accounts. The debtors consensually resolved two out of three objections to the bid procedures, leaving the objection from the Texas State Securities Board, which sought to slow down the sale process. The court largely overruled the objection, noting that the marketing process has been underway since before the petition date, and accepting the debtors and official committee of unsecured creditors' position that a prolonged sale process is likely to negatively affect the value of any transaction. However, the court required the debtors to move this sale hearing forward one day to September 8th from September 7th, and the sale objection deadline to September 6th from October 31st. The court approved the balance of the proposed sale schedule provides for an August 26th bid deadline and an auction on August 29th. Top Road stories this week included, increasingly common general debt reallocation mechanic and credit agreements could create additional parity secure debt capacity. MDL bankruptcy court tension in Aero Group 3M case, the sale reorganization dilemma in Voyager Digital, and familiar former bankruptcy judge chimes in on McKinsey fees in Puerto Rico. Transocean's debt documents may permit another up-tier. Mastec's acquisition of infrastructure and energy alternatives. Clear Channel and Outdoors options for repaying debt with asset sale proceeds. Insolet Site 1 initiations, Patagonia primary review. Avaya Wendell lenders organized with Aiken Gump amid bleak earnings projections. Kathy Ta is out this week, so I'll be handling the week ahead from Force Hills, New York. On Tuesday, August 9th, we have the combined hearing to approve the disclosure statement and confirm the basic energy services liquidating plan. On Wednesday, August 10th, we have a hearing in the Tiva Pharmaceuticals opioid litigation on whether New York Supreme Court Justice Jerry Gargulio's dismissal of the state of New York's case against Israeli parent entity Tiva Pharmaceuticals Industries Limited should be vacated. New York State has alleged that the parent company is using shell companies to siphon funds from Tiva USA to service Tiva's $21 billion in funded debt at the expense of the state and county plaintiffs. On Thursday, August 11th, oral argument is scheduled on the emergency motion for an injunction against 3M in the Combat Arms multi-district litigation proceeding filed by plaintiff's firm Keller Postman on behalf of 3M Combat Arms Ears Plugs claimant Richard Valle. The Keller firm specifically seeks an order from the district court preventing 3M from pursuing an injunction halting MDL claims against in the Chapter 11 case of affiliate Aero Technologies or attempting to relitigate matters already decided by the MDL court in the bankruptcy court, including via estimation of the debtor's total combat arms liability pursuant to Section 502C of the Bankruptcy Code. The Keller firm has characterized the Aero debtor's request for an injunction from the bankruptcy court protecting non-debtor 3M, relief commonly sought and obtained in other mass tort Chapter 11 cases as an attack on the district court's exclusive jurisdiction over the MDL under Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution and the MDL statute. Thank you again for listening to this Reorg Weekly Review. Find all our podcasts on the Reorg.com webinars and podcast page as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. If your families are healthy and safe, have a great weekend and see you next Friday.